Hey, thanks for listening to the Catholic Gateway Podcast weekly news updates. Uh, I've heard a lot of good feedback from you listeners that this is a great way to stay uh, in the loop with what's going on in the Catholic world in St. Louis, the Archdiocese of St. Louis. So really glad you're listening. You know, if you want to continue to get these, you can also subscribe at iTunes. You can look at uh, Google Play, Stitcher, or pretty much any other podcast app. And just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis to find us. There you'll get these weekly news updates from the Catholic Gateway Podcast. You'll also get the main Catholic Gateway Podcast episodes, which are uh, feature stories. And we have a season in development right now. We're working on stories about the annual Catholic appeal, about a historic parish in St. Louis, and one about an untold story about a priest chaplain from St. Louis. That's really cool stuff coming on the next full season of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. But uh, make sure also to share this with your friends because we want to reach more people in St. Louis. We want to reach more Catholics. We also want to reach non-Catholics and evangelize. So share this podcast with your friends and uh, encourage them to subscribe. You'll also get the Word of Mouth podcast which is uh, Michael Horn in the Office of Laity and Family Life. He produces that and interviews really interesting people from St. Louis. So all of that can be found when you subscribe to the feed from the Archdiocese of St. Louis, just searching for Archdiocese of St. Louis on your favorite podcast app. So thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. A finance class for priests, National Catholic Sisters Week, and pro-life news on this weekly news update for March 5th, 2018. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Catholic Gateway Podcast Weekly News Update. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. This is the edition for the week of March 5th, 2018. On Tuesday, February 27th, several archdiocesan priests, mostly associate pastors, wrapped up an eight-week session in conjunction with St. Louis University on the principles of finance. The day consisted of group discussions and a graduation ceremony. These priests will now be better equipped to lead their parishes across the Archdiocese of St. Louis someday as pastors. This program, called the Pastoral Institute of Leadership, was formed out of a partnership between the Archdiocesan Office of Parish Administrative Services and the Business School at SLU. Right now, the finance module is the only module being offered through the Institute, but Jerry Amsler, Director of Parish Services, told me that others are in development and will soon be available to other priests. Several schools in the Archdiocese of St. Louis have received threats of violence recently. In each case, police were contacted immediately and took the alleged threats seriously to protect the safety of students and teachers. A Bishop de Berg student made repeated threats but is now no longer enrolled at the school and is under medical evaluation. Cardinal Ritter College Prep canceled classes on Thursday, March 1st to allow police to conduct a thorough investigation, though it appears unlikely the student in question would have been able to follow through on the threat. Last week, the Catholic Education Office asked all Catholic schools to assure parents that the safety of students and staff in each of the archdiocesan schools is a top priority. Because of recent events, as well as incidents and threats of violence in schools in recent years, the Catholic Education Office wants parents to know that any talk of threats of violence, especially involving references to firearms or explosives, will be taken seriously and reported to law enforcement for further action. If you are a school parent at a Catholic school in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, 
you are encouraged to have a discussion with your child or children to let them know that these are not matters for jokes or idle chatter on social media or any other medium. For safety's sake, schools will treat any comment as a real threat and will err on the side of safety of students and the school community. As we mentioned last week, on Friday, February 23rd, the St. Louis Board of Aldermen voted to advance a bill that would create a buffer zone around health care facilities, including Planned Parenthood. The board voted 15 to 13 to perfect Board Bill 34, which would create a fixed 8-foot buffer zone around a health care facility's driveway entrance or within a public right-of-way or sidewalk. The bill also says that no one may knowingly enter, remain on, or create an obstruction in those areas. The board was expected to have a final vote on the bill on March 2nd, but the vote did not occur as supporters of the bill were concerned whether they would have enough votes for final passage. You can follow Jennifer Brinker's continuing coverage of this issue at stlouisreview.com. An exhibit at St. Louis Public Library, which opened Saturday, March 3rd, celebrates 200 years of continued presence in the St. Louis area by Catholic sisters of numerous religious orders. The exhibit, Catholic Sisters, the Spirit of St. Louis, runs March 3rd through April 28th on the third floor at Central Library, 1301 Olive Street. The exhibit is free and open to the public. The opening of the library exhibit coincides with National Catholic Sisters Week, March 8th through through 14th, which is an annual celebration to honor women religious. We'll have more coverage from the official exhibit grand opening, which is set to take place on Friday, March 9th. All high school young men are invited to Kenrick Glennon Seminary for a Come and See weekend later this March from the 23rd to the 25th. Interested young men can learn more about Kenrick Glennon Seminary and the Office of Vocations while spending a weekend exploring the seminary and visiting with seminarians who are discerning a call to the priesthood. The weekend begins on Friday with check-in at 4.30 p.m. and concludes with 9 a.m. Mass on Sunday. Parents and families are welcome to attend that Mass. This is a free event, but registration is required. For registration, please visit archstl.org vocations. And finally, an invitation to a special event in April. You can join Dynamic Catholic and Matthew Kelly to discover your purpose, learn new habits, and gain personal clarity on April 28, 2018 at Family Arena in St. Charles. For more information about the event and to register, go to dynamiccatholic.com slash St. Louis. One. 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 Unos. Two. 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 Duos. Three. 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 Tres. One, two, three, four, five. Four. 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 Cuatro. Five. 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 Quinque. Quintessentials. 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 Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. I'll give you five things you need to know. That's right, these are the five quintessential stories from the St. Louis Review, handpicked by the staff for you to share and discuss this week. You can find these stories at stlouisreview.com slash five things or in the paper dated March 5th, 2018. One. 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 Stopping a Plague, a protest hosted by St. Teresa and Bridget Church, rallied against drugs, violence, and prostitution in their neighborhood. The protest target was an open-air drug market. Jennifer Brinker has that story. Two. 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 Cures Without Cloning. 
Jennifer also writes about how understanding the dignity of human life is key to the debate on stem cell research and therapies in just a few minutes. Jennifer joins me to discuss this article, so stay tuned. Three. 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 Baskets of Smiles. This project in St. Charles County fills Easter baskets for needy children. Second graders from Immaculate Conception School in Old Monroe recently took up a collection for the program. It's a work of love, organizers say. Joe Kenny explains more. Four. 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 From corn husk shoes to old time habits. As you've already heard, there's a special exhibit now open on Catholic Sisters in St. Louis. Corn husk shoes, a warning bell, an old time habit. Those and more await in the St. Louis Public Library at the Catholic Sisters exhibit March 3rd through April 28th. And Dave Luking has more coverage. Five. 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 Doing the right thing. For showing care and compassion to an injured teacher, a Valley Catholic school kindergartner was recently honored by Do the Right Thing, a nonprofit organization that partners with law enforcement, schools, media, and businesses to recognize and promote positive social behaviors of school-aged youth. Dave Luking also has this story. There's a look at what is happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Remember, for these stories, events, and more, visit stlouisreview.com and archstl.org. And remember to follow the Archdiocese of St. Louis and the St. Louis Review on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're going to get to that interview with Jennifer Brinker here in just a minute. But first, it's Michael Horn with the Office of Laity and Family Life, continuing our series on the precepts of the church. And with it being Lent, continuing to talk about the precept to fast and abstain on the days appointed. Here's Michael. All right, this will be our last session on the topic of fasting. And as we approach soon, Laetare Sunday, as we get closer to the halfway point of Lent, we uh, get to reflect on the joy that awaits us in the resurrection. But we still carry on through and, and we continue to fast during this holy season. And I think it's just really a tough thing to do, as I mentioned in the last episode, just how difficult it can be to fast, but how, how strengthening it truly is. And so as we continue to uh, fast during this season of Lent, we can look at the example of Jesus and the saints. And so maybe something that uh, you can take up this week would be to follow maybe the writings of a wonderful saint, like maybe Catherine of Siena, or uh, the great uh, St. Francis of Assisi, or the bi- biographies of these great saints, or maybe St. Therese of Lisieux, just different saints that have taken on penance and taken on fasting and how powerful that has been. And I know John Paul II often spoke of just the value of fasting in his own life. And just continuing to discipline ourselves through the grace of God so that we might rely more fully on him as we struggle through this season in, in different ways. And so whether we're having issues at our job or in our family, just to continue to fast for the people that we struggle with in our own lives and the practices that we're struggling with in our own lives that we continue to offer them to the Lord and to allow him to be the source of our grace and strength that carries us through. And so as we fast from different things like gossip and technology and different practices in our lives that we can receive more fully and hear more clearly the voice of God as he guides us closer to his son, Jesus Christ. Well, on this episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast, we are going to wade into a uh, deep moral topic 
thanks to Jennifer Brinker and her article in the St. Louis Review from the week of uh, March, what is this, March 5th through 11th, 2018. So Jennifer, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Um, the issue in question here is stem cell research. Uh, it's been over 10 years since an amendment was passed in the state of Missouri, which allowed stem cell research to be conducted here in the state of Missouri. Um, uh, where does the church fall on this issue? That's <laughs> sort of a <laughs> trick question, but um, I think there's an easy answer. There is. <laughs> so I can say with certainty, yes, the Catholic Church does support stem cell research. However, it depends on what kind of research we're talking about and what kind of stem cells specifically are involved in that research. Um, the church has always held that anything dealing with adult stem cells, and that can include something as young as the stem cells from umbilical cord blood, um, all, the way, all the way to, you know, bone marrow, you know, that kind of thing. Um, th that is morally good, you know, and, and those sorts of things are, are, are good to, to research and look for treatments in. Um, where it gets tricky is where you're dealing with human embryos, <clears throat> and the church has always been against um, human embryonic stem cell research um, because that does create, you know, you're talking about creating a human life um, just so you can destroy it to use the stem cells from that embryo for research or treatments. Okay. So why, why did you decide to write this article now? What brought this about? You know, that's a great question. Actually, we got a email from a reader a while back, just a random email, and the person asked, what's happened, you know, since Amendment 2? And I thought, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I was here at the Review back in 2006, and, you know, we covered this issue extensively leading up to um, the um, vote in November of 2006. So I started asking around and um, wanted to look into two areas. One, um, I wanted to see legislatively, you know, what's been happening in the, in the state of Missouri, and the story does get into that um, since 2006. And then the other piece of it was um, what developments uh, have taken place in um, stem cell research um, since 2006 as well. Um, and that both actually, there, there have been some changes uh, since that time. And I, I think it's, it's kind of an interesting discovery as I was researching this. What are, what are some of those changes then? What, what, is, what has changed in the years? Legislatively so or scientifically? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. All right. Don't well, give away your whole yeah. article. Obviously, we want people to go read it in the St. Louis Review. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, if you can give us a little taste of what that, what that is. Well, what legislatively, you know, I think the thing that stays, has stayed the same is... Um, you know, Amendment 2, it passed very <clears throat> narrowly in 2006, and um, what it did was essentially enshrine into the Constitution um, a false definition of human cloning. Um, the definition that was used is um, for cloning was to implant in a uterus an embryo created through somatic cell nuclear transfer. Um, that's, that has stayed the same, that has not changed. Um, but what has changed is, um, you know, there have been efforts through groups like Missouri Right to Life and the Missouri Catholic Conference <clears throat> to ensure that no state funding is going toward any kind of embryonic stem cell research um, in the state of Missouri. And that, as far as we know, is not 
you know, taking place. That's not to say, though, you know, private or federal funding, you know, that's a whole separate issue. But as far as state funding goes, um, that's the understanding is that there's nothing going toward that right now. Okay. So um, one thing we should talk about, I think, real quick is the, uh, sort of a glossary. And you have a glossary here in the article. There's a lot of terms thrown around when it comes to stem cell research. Mm -hmm. And people might hear stem cell research mm -hmm. and not know the difference between, as you said, adult stem cell research mm -hmm. and embryonic stem cell research. Mm -hmm. Or they might hear a term, you know, somatic cell nuclear transfer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which is essentially, it's just another word for, for cloning, right? I mean, so mm -hmm. all these terms, um, well, let's, let's talk about what a stem cell is real quick. Sure. And you have that definition here. So just on a basic level, a stem cell um, is an unspecialized cell um, with the ability to divide um, for indefinite periods um, and give rise to specialized cells in our body. So, mm -hmm. you know, skin cells or, you know, cells that, you know, make our liver or whatever, you know, that sure. may be. And so we all have mm -hmm. stem cells as part of us. Um, yeah. I've, I've heard, you know, before, like your nose has a lot of mm -hmm. stem cells in it. Uh, like you said it earlier, umbilical cord blood. So like my wife and I would never, mm -hmm. we've had our three kids whenever they were born. Mm -hmm. um, we said, oh yeah, yeah, take, you know, we donated to the cord blood bank mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to, to hopefully lead to some good cures or, or whatever. So mm -hmm. um, there are, those are good, that's good. Stem cells mm -hmm. exist everywhere mm -hmm. um, on humans. And, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean, the other thing is, um, Adult stem cells aren't necessarily from adults, right? Correct. You know. Right. So you think about like umbilical cord blood. You know, we're talking about a baby, but this is a baby that, you know, has been born. And these are the stem cells that come from. It's not destroying a child <laughs> <laughs> to obtain those cells. Yeah. It comes from their cord blood. So the, so. the adult refers to the, the age of the cell. Right. The adult, yeah. adult yeah. cell. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So then embryo, anybody involved in the pro-life movement knows what an embryo is, but mm -hmm. um, that's uh, just the developing organism from the time of fertilization to the end of the eighth week of gestation. And mm -hmm. you, we were talking earlier, um, you know, with, with cloning and stem cell research, um, we need to make a slight distinction between um, fertilization mm -hmm. and um, uh, conception, right? Because there's a, there's a little, we have because all this takes place in a Petri dish when it mm -hmm. comes to cloning, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, there's not an implantation mm -hmm. in the womb, mm -hmm. but yet you have an egg that's been fertilized. Mm -hmm. And so then that is now a human being. Mm -hmm. um, so can you talk about that issue a little bit? I mean, because that's, that's a distinction that, that we need to keep in mind right. when we're talking about this, this right. topic. So what happens when you're talking about something like somatic cell nuclear transfer, for example, and this is the thing that really kind of, you know, came about um, or had, you know, that was the big topic, you know, Dolly the sheep was created through somatic cell nuclear transfer. And so that was the big issue that was, you know, talked about during the amendment two days. Um, and so with, with that, with somatic cell nuclear transfer, basically it's a technique where you take an enucleated egg and the nucleus of a somatic cell, which is an adult cell, and um, those are fused together to make a human embryo. Um, <clears throat> so if you were to, say, implant, <laughs> you know, that embryo into a woman's uterus, you know, ideally that would continue, you know, the embryo would continue to grow and you'd give birth to a child. You know, that's at least the idea. It's not been achieved, but that's, you know, kind of the line of, of thinking with all of this. Um, you know, with somatic cell nuclear transfer, it can be used for therapeutic or reproductive purposes. 
um, but the initial process that combines that enucleated egg and a, a somatic cell, you know, basically it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, so that's where, you know, we, it comes into question where, you know, is this acceptable, you know, and the church says no. I mean, you can't, you can't create an embryo no matter if it's done naturally or, you know, through somatic cell nuclear transfer just to destroy yeah, a human yeah. being. Well, and then we also get into issues of IVF if we're talking about, right. mm-hmm. you know, implanting mm-hmm. that cloned. So not only do we have a, an issue with, you know, having a person cloned from another person, mm-hmm. which is just really bizarre if you think about it. I mean, like, that's just a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Movies, fine. You know, that's what <laughs> can be done in the movies, and mm-hmm. that's we can go with that mm-hmm. reasonable suspension of disbelief. But in real life... That's just a, a strange line to cross. Mm-hmm. And then to talk about it from a church's perspective of, you know, the uh, marital love and, and, and the creation of, of new life. And uh, now to add that other layer of IVF onto this, we're getting into some really questionable territory. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's interesting because um, Father Tad Bolchek, who, you know, I interviewed for this story, he's with the National Catholic Bioethics Center in Philadelphia. And, you know, he mentioned that very thing that, you know, when the conversation does take place in terms of cloning, um, people do start to ask questions about, well, what about IVF? And what does, you know, the church teach about that? And, well, yeah, we also teach that that's not correct either. <laughs> so um, so it does, it does kind of open this Pandora's box of, you know, and even getting into the abortion conversation. Absolutely. You know? So, and that's... That's something that, you know, Father Tad talked about as, as far as that continuity, you know, that the church can offer that, you know, as far as helping people to understand the big picture, you know, of, of what we're talking about here, human life. Well, and it comes back to the fact that we believe that we are created in the image and likeness of God. We have an a eternal soul. And so, you know, life is a gift from our creator, from God. And so we need to respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, as a means of, of, you know, then giving back to him throughout our life and, and allowing people to live and, and glory in his creation. Mm-hmm. Um, so any, any means of destroying that is, is going to be obviously problematic. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, like Father Tad said, if, you know, you're already in a society that's destroying older human beings through abortion, and we're talking older as in older than an embryo, um, you know, how do you convince people to start protecting you know, those that are still in the embryonic stage, you know, it's just, I mean, I think people recognize the conflict here, but. It's hard yeah. to see the humanity of some cells in a Petri dish. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's one thing that Father Tad also hits on in the story is, you know, he, whenever he has that opportunity to try to you know, state the case, like he says, well, as a former embryo myself, I have an opinion on this, <laughs> <You know? laughs> we, we all so. should have an opinion because right. we, yeah, exactly. we, were, we were there ourselves. Right, exactly. Well, Jennifer, lots of good information in that article. We've only scratched the surface and it's mm-hmm. been over 11 minutes now. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you out there listening to this podcast, go read the article. It's uh, in the March 5th through 11th edition of the St. Louis Review. It's the Living Our Faith section, so you can pull it out and hand it to your friends or share it, uh, leave it on your d- kitchen table, your dining room table, your living room table, whatever, and let your friends see it. Cures Without Cloning is the, the title there. Uh, Jennifer, thanks for delving into this issue and uh, enlightening us all a little bit. 
Thank you. Yeah, I just, I really felt like I kind of scratched the surface, but I felt it was at least a good reminder to people of what's, you know, been happening in our state since 2006. So yeah. hopefully, um, you know, just give people a sense of what's been happening. Yeah, and hopefully maybe lead to more research on their part and mm-hmm. go out and uh, learn more about the issue. So right. thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. We always welcome story tips and ideas for the podcast. Just send them to communications at archstl.org. That's communications at archstl.org. Make sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis. We're on Twitter at ArchSTL is our handle there, at ArchSTL. And we're on Instagram at CatholicSTL. And you should follow the St. Louis Review there on Facebook, also Twitter and Instagram under the handle at St. Louis Review. That's ST Lewis Review. The Catholic Gateway Podcast is a production of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you'll join us again next time here in the Gateway to the West the Rome of the West, Catholic St. Louis.